Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. JC and I are on the road. Woo-hoo. And by now, you've seen that we've had an exciting trip. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say the least exciting, as it were. Um I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely speechless at this point uh, on the whole thing. Uh, you've seen the video of Philip. You saw what was happening with us on the plane. Uh, we did the. I I played the short little video. We've been doing some interviews, um, and we actually have the statement now from Southwest. Uh, for those of you who have been sleeping for the last 24 hours, <laughs> just so you know, um, JC and I and Colton and our friend and in this endeavor, co-worker Philip, were on the Southwest Airlines. Philip was wearing a Black Voices for Trump hat and a Trump 2020 mask and was kicked off the plane for not wearing his mask while he was eating. And that is the policy. You can take off your mask while you're eating and drinking. He had a cup of coffee and he had trail mix and he had trail mix in his hand and was eating it. They uh, complained that he was not wearing his mask and the lady even on the video that, that I took on the plane the lady sitting behind him, who didn't know us at all, said, no, he was wearing his mask the entire time. He just took it off to eat and drink. And so... Wish we'd have got her contact information. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So... There were others, too. Yeah, there, there were others. There were others who spoke up. So Southwest issues their statement, which is just complete lies. And I suspect that their statement is based upon the employees, what they said to cover their tail, right? So uh, this is the Southwest statement. Our report indicates that a customer traveling on flight 2632 with scheduled service from Tampa to Dallas was asked repeatedly by more than one employee at different times to wear a face mask. The customer did not comply with our crew's multiple verbal requests, including while boarding the flight before seated. Therefore, the decision was made to return to the gate and reaccommodate him on a later flight to his final destination after receiving assurances he would comply with our face covering policy. We regret the inconvenience the situation created for all involved, but our crew must uphold the well-being and comfort of all passengers, Southwest Airlines told the Washington Examiner. So first off, I was actually there. And Philip and I actually boarded together. And when we went through and the guy took our boarding pass, uh, Philip and I, our hands were full. Neither one of us had a mask on when the guy took our boarding pass. And the guy didn't say anything to us about not having our masks on when we went through the boarding pass. As a, as a matter of fact, to be honest, I didn't even think about it because we were you know, shuffling things and trying to get in the boarding pass. And we started walking down the jetway. When we got to the plane, the lady said, uh, 
do you have a mask? And Philip said, yes, I have a mask. And she said, would you please put it on? He said, okay, I, I got, I, as soon as I put this stuff down, and she says, no, I need you to put it on before you get on the plane. So we actually stopped. He and I stopped at, before, at the end of the jetway to the plane. Philip turned around, put all his stuff down, because uh, I kept saying, do you, do you want me to hold something while you're doing that? Mm. And he said, no, 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 I got it. He put everything down. He picked up, he put on his mask, he picked his stuff up, and he walked to the seat. Mm -hmm. He had his mask on. He did not refuse to comply. So false part of the report, number one? False report from Southwest, number one. Uh, false report, number two, uh, multiple verbal requests. No. No. There were not multiple verbal requests. There was one verbal request because... Uh, Philip had a cup of coffee that he was drinking the whole way. I mean, that was part of what he was trying to carry when we were coming in. He had a cup of coffee and he had pulled down his mask to drink his coffee. And for whatever reason, it didn't go back up. The guy says, I mean, this over guy his over his nose, right? So it was here, but was not over his nose. And I'm telling you, this guy was on Philip, like, I don't know, flies on whatever. He targeted him from the very second we walked on the plane. Mm -hmm. And so Philip, number one, who has never flown Southwest Airlines before, number two, has never flown since COVID, right? right? So he's like, oh, okay. And he pulled it up over his nose. That's it. End then, of story. End of warning. End of warning. No other, no other nothing. No other nothing. And then they gave the announcement. Please make sure that you wear your masks unless you're actively eating or drinking. Yep. So Philip, here's the instruction. He's got a bag of trail mix. He takes his masks down, drinks his coffee, and is eating his trail mix. And the next thing we know, the supervisor is telling him he has to leave the plane. Yeah. So, Lie number two. So Justin, like, not even, I don't know, like it, it seemed to me it didn't even, it hadn't even got to the point of where he was eating. Like immediately mm -hmm. after put it over your nose, apparently they had already been <clears throat> into the, the uh, cockpit telling the pilot, we got a guy we need to throw off the plane. Yeah, right, right, Cause, exactly. Because the, the very next one was the supervisor. Sup the supervisor. So they had to have already gone through this before any of that, actually. Yeah. So I have been flying for 10 years and I have been, I have flown a lot since COVID. And what's interesting, JC, you and I've experienced the flight attendants telling people to put their masks up. Mm -hmm. We've actually experienced flight attendants tell people three, four, five times to put their masks up. Yeah. We've actually nope. experienced mm -hmm. people who refused to put their masks up. Right. Do you remember yeah, that guy? Because no, that guy yeah. was apoplectic. Oh, we were on a, it was more than once because there was also a lady <clears throat> and a young lady. And we were already in the air. And she said, uh, she said, I, I have a medical condition. I can't wear that. And the stewardess just kind of huffed and was mad. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. Um, and then we've had, uh, we've seen instances where the, the uh, airline attendant would say, will say, We'll come back and say, I'm not going to tell you again. If I have to tell you again, yeah. this is going to happen. That did not happen in this case. No. It was just one time put over your nose. He put it over his nose. Then he's drinking, eating. 
Uh, and then here's the supervisor. Right, right. And, and the police had already been called. Yeah. The pilot yeah. had already been uh, consulted with and said. Which brings us to Great. line number three from Southwest. Line number three. Uh, therefore, the decision was made to return to the gate and reaccommodate him on a later flight to his final destination after receiving assurances he would comply with our face covering policy. Yeah, so that's false. That's, that's, that's a what, total lie. So that's what I was a witness to. Um, he and I were, uh, and I, I guess you could find out the guy's name, and I don't know if he'd own up to it or not, but talking with the supervisor, we got out there, and, you know, he was saying, this is not a this is not a, a judicial thing. It's not a it's not a uh, uh, he said, she said, she said, you know, I got to follow what the pilot said and the attendant said, I don't have a choice. And I said, you were you got on there. He goes, I didn't see what happened. I said, no. But when you were there and you saw that you heard from four, at least four witnesses telling you that what the attendants were saying was not the case. You heard that. Yes. I, he says, yes, I heard that. Then we showed him a video of Philip putting his mask on. Mm -hmm. He says, well, you know, that's just 15 seconds. You know, I don't know what you did the other time. I said, no, but you have the video where he he puts his mask on. You have that in addition to four witnesses saying what they're saying is not so. So not only do you have nothing to substantiate what they're claiming, you have this that actually contradicts what they're claiming. He said, look, I... I, I, I don't like it. And I, yeah, I, I, I said, just to acknowledge you heard that. You heard the witnesses say, yes, I heard that. Acknowledge to me that that then contradicts what the flight attendants are telling you. Yes. Yeah, it contradicts. So look, they already called the cops. They're not here. So and I don't like I don't like I don't like this decision. So we want to get you on another flight and get you out. Of here. There was there was nothing about, OK, since you have said you're going to obey, then we'll put you on another flight. Mm -hmm. That that was not how that conversation went. Now, after he had said those things, we had that conversation and he goes, look, I, he did say this. He said, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to go through this a second time with, with you. So are, are you going to stay out of trouble on this next flight? And to which Philip said, I was complying with what they told me anyway. Mm -hmm. So what do you need me to do differently? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just, just keep your mask on. And, and I said, so, you know, even if they're eating, like we can't, we can't take our mask down to eat because somehow there's a different rule for us. I, I just, I just don't want to, I don't want you guys to get in trouble. I don't want to have to go through this for you guys to get in trouble. Like, look, we'll do what we need to do. And that was the conversation. So this notion of, well, they agreed to obey and all this sort of stuff. No, that's, that is not, that's not what happened. That was not the conversation. What, in fact, the conclusion I drew and what our experience was, had it not been for the witnesses that actually spoke up, that said the flight attendants are not telling the truth, uh, had it not been for those witnesses, we probably would have been charged with some federal charge and he would not have accommodated us. So it was really about the contradictory testimony of of the uh, passengers right there at the time. Not some nutcase after the fact getting on Twitter and, and making something up. You saw on the video right at that moment 
the passenger sitting directly directly behind, behind Philip to be mm-hmm. able to see everything said, no, no, he put his mask on when he was told and he just took it down to eat uh, eat the nuts. I, I, he, she said, what did she say? I saw everything. Mm-hmm. I saw it myself. I, saw it, yeah. I saw it myself. So right there on the spot, you had that testimony. So that's actually what seemed to influence the supervisor. So well, it, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't comport with yeah, but what it, Southwest yeah, It said. wasn't, we lectured you and you obeyed. And so yeah. we decided to give you another not, flight. Not, yeah, no, so. not what happened. Because he, he kind of said, you know, hey, I'm not, don't take this the wrong way. But, uh, you know, this, you could have a federal charge on your record. The cops get here and you have federal uh, charge on your record. I said, bro, we're good either way. Because we didn't do anything wrong. So you do what you have to do. No, no, I don't want that to happen to you. We just want to get you out of there. I'm just saying. You know, this is this could be a big deal for you that follows you. I said, no, no, it's not going to follow us. We're, we're good either way. So that's how that that went down. I mean, the guy was courteous. He was professional. The supervisor was professional. He was nice. I think, you know, their whole their whole way of approaching this was out of whack. But, you know, he he was he was good to us. He was professional to us as far as in our uh, conversation. Do I agree with the decision that he made? No. no, I believe that he took the easy cop out. He took this. He took. He made the decision to do what he had to do to save the face of his employees. Right. right then and there, in that airplane, when you had the people contradicting what they said, mm-hmm. if that had been me, I would have been going and spoke to the pilot. I, I would have said, "I'm, I'm really sorry." Uh, sir, there seems to be a misunderstanding. Have your seat. Just make sure you comply with the policies. If you're eating, you cannot have your mask off. But as soon as you finish eating and drinking, put your mask on. I would have gone straight to the pilot and I'd have said, look, I don't know what you've been told, but all the passengers are out there telling me that it didn't happen the way you were told. I would have taken that flight attendant outside into the jetway because they called him the supervisor and I would have supervised him into a corrective mode. Right. That's how that should have gone down. But here's the situation, JC customers mean nothing to these people anymore because when they lose money, the government gives them bailouts, which is what Southwest Uh, is asking for at this very moment. So Southwest lying in their statement about what actually happened. There is what happened to the principle when we were growing up, when our parents were growing up of the customer being right is totally wrong. Now it's totally out the door because you don't have to have customer loyalty when the government cuts you a check for your losses. Well, I would say so much the more so when a private company can threaten you with a federal charge. Yes. So the very fact of you being taken off this plane will lead to a federal charge, which like the supervisor said, could follow you the rest of your life. So in that case where I'm under threat with federal charge, I, I, it's just one-sided, just the word of this, which is not so. And then, and then the witnesses who contradict that statement are completely disregarded. Yeah. I can get a federal charge in those circumstances. Are you kidding me? Well, and then they'll run around and say, cause I'm, I'm the biggest advocate for private business rights. I said, well, we're a private business. We can make you wear a mask. Well, are you a private business or are you a government business? Because if you're a private business and you don't have to respect my rights, because your private property rights override my rights, but you're a but you're a government enough to have the to have the command of a federal charge to be placed on me. Right. 
That is not private business. No private business on this planet can order a government agent to charge you with a federal crime. Because you didn't do what they said. Because even, you, didn't do, you even disobeyed if, right, the, disobeyed, the flight Because it it's not about their policy. Because no one violated their policy. It, we fly multiple times a week. Every single Southwest flight has the same instructions. And they mm -hmm. say, keep your mask up over your nose and mouth mm -hmm. unless you're eating and drinking. They say that every flight, unless you're eating and drinking which is exactly what was going on here. So so basically what you had were and the the guy the, the flight attendant uh so this is my perspective. You had there was only like one white person who was part of the the, the thing and and was two two got triggered. And the one guy was his the Hispanic guy who was the one who kept coming back. So Hispanic guy. So we we got the impression like they didn't like the idea here. You know, it's like these lefties that you run into where that any time a black person or, or Latino disagrees. Right. With with the leftist agenda, all of a sudden they're Uncle Tom, they're Coon, they're whatever. So it was one of these Antifa BLM uh, guys triggered by Phillips hat, black a Southwest employee. Right. Southwest employee. And so, and was, so here's what Southwest has done. So rather than investigate and take the testimony that was there and obvious and realize you have a rogue, you have rogue employees mm -hmm. using their political views to punish who they perceive as political opponents, rather than ensure that's not part of your company, they've actually now given cover and given an okay for this behavior to continue in the future. This mm -hmm. has not been, and I still don't think, represents the, the environment and culture of Southwest Airlines as a whole. But now they've given a green light for yeah. any of these individuals who happen to be part of their company uh, to be able to do this and go absolutely uh, unpunished and unaccountable. Well, the female flight attendant who was at the entrance of the plane who told Philip to put up her, his mask had to then, because this is what the, the Southwest statement says, um, including while boarding the flight before being seated. So he, he did not comply with our crew's multiple verbal requests, including while boarding the flight before being seated. Which, yeah. She had to actually lie. I mean, just flat out lie. No, but think about that. About statement. that, because he actually did comply. Before no, but think about that statement. If we are to accept that statement, that means that the flight attendant letting people on the plane let him go on the plane without a mask. Mm -hmm. So if he didn't comply, that means he got on the plane, sat down, and without wearing a mask. So she let somebody on board without a mask. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what that means. If he refused to put on a mask in boarding the plane. So she just threw up her hands and said, OK, come on board without a mask. That didn't happen. Well, the guy so who took our boarding pass didn't tell us to wear a mask at all. Right. The but, guy who took our boarding pass just let us go on. I didn't even realize. But she, that's what we do. I mean, did. I wear the mask to get on the plane. But she did. And in their statement, they're saying he refused when he was told getting on the plane to put on a mask. So they're, they're admitting, right. That they let him on the plane without a mask, yeah. right. Which, which didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen that way. It did not happen that way.
Well, it's very interesting. I'm rather disappointed. We haven't had a chance to legally reach out to Southwest. We, uh, Philip and I did an interview with the uh, Dave Rubin, the Rubin report. The so Rubin you, report. So that's what we're, uh, you can see the interview and uh, you'll hear Philip give some of his side of the story on the Rubin report. Encourage you guys to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the first interview, the first interview that's happened with, right. with uh, Dave Rubin. Mm -hmm. so, uh, exclusive first interview. Check that out. Yeah. Ruben got the exclusive, huh? Right. <laughs> but check that out. So, you know, I was, we have uh, been very busy. I mean, the whole, we weren't here for vacation. The whole purpose of the flight was a business trip and we have been busy uh, with business from the time we got here. Uh, well, we still haven't finished being busy with business. Yeah. And so I haven't had a chance to sit down and and actually communicate with Southwest about this. And as we told uh, the Rubin report, we we had no intentions of actually filing a lawsuit. We wanted to end this amicably. I don't, it's not like we went hunting for a lawsuit. We didn't stage any of this. We, we were coming here for business. And so I was simply going to write Southwest a really nice letter, say, you know, uh, we don't feel that this reflects on Southwest. You have an employee that is that is simply uh, biased in in his in his operation, unprofessional in his behavior. And we would just simply like Southwest to take responsibility for that and tell us that this is not a reflection of who Southwest is going to be. But now apparently but now, they've confirmed that they support this kind of behavior. Yeah. So just and just look for it. Like JC said, they've given carte blanche for this now. They have now given license for people to be kicked off the planes for wearing their Trump gear. So when you fly Southwest, realize that it's going to be a crapshoot on whether you will actually be accommodated or not based on whatever you're going to be wearing. Well, I can tell you. And this is not just so I think this clarifies that it's not just our opinion and perception, because uh, we also got a report from another passenger oh, yeah. that these very same flight attendants were actually mocking him because of, quotes, the, the stars and stripes mask. So it was just like I said, straight up Antifa, you know, hate the flag, hate Trump, that whole crowd. So when you I mean that to me, that kind of seals it. Yeah. for who you were dealing with that right. not only are they targeting uh, a passenger with the black voices for Trump and the Trump mask on, but then they're mocking a the guy because he's got basically the American flag on his mask. So that's what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So you had at least at least two um, flight attendants in this crew who that's who they were. Right. This right. radical uh, Antifa crowd that. So now. You know, that that's now your flight attendant for Southwest Antifa. Say Southwest, not feeling the love, my friend. No. You were supposed to be the love flights, not feeling the love. I don't know where the love has gone on Southwest, but this is absolutely crazy. Well, I and the trolls, by the way, uh, you can stick your thumbs down somewhere else. I'm not interested in all of that because, uh, you know, the these people are radical. I actually had this, you know me, I like to play with the trolls sometimes. And there's this guy who contacts me, this guy in his, uh, that contacts me on, um, 
on uh, Facebook and says, why didn't he just wear the mask? He said he was obviously wrong. I said, well, what makes you think he didn't wear the mask? Well, they told him he had to get off the plane. I said, you watched the video, didn't you? Because he said, oh, you were, he said, you, great video. You were, you sounded competent. So, and he, he was a hardware salesman. I said, oh, thank you so much for your legal advice, hardware salesman. <laughs> and so we started this conversation and, and he was all like, uh, I said, where did you get that? I said, the lady who was actually sitting on the plane with him actually said he was wearing his mask. So I'm curious about your vantage point. And he said, well, you're just obviously trying to have a lawsuit. And why can't you just wear the mask? People need to feel safe. You need to you need people need to have a have the right to feel safe. I said, oh, OK, feel safe. I said, how do people feel safe when as soon as the flight attendant starts passing out the the snacks and drinks at almost the entire plane is now demasked for an entire hour at least? while the people are snacking and drinking. So do they feel safe when an entire plane is no longer wearing a mask because they're eating and drinking? And what exactly about eating and drinking makes you feel safer about not wearing a mask than maybe just sitting without a mask at all? And why would he not feel safe while Philip being the one of the few people, because there were other people eating on the plane at the same time Philip was without his mask on, right? So other people eating without their masks on, but Philip is eating without his mask on, and now people don't feel safe. That's the whole point. How does that even work? That I don't point. even get right. that. That I, well, I don't know what the name you call it, that snowflake mentality. People have a right to feel safe. No, you don't. Have, if Look, if you don't feel safe on an airplane, don't fly. I, I don't know what to tell you. Rent a car, ride a train, do what you got to do. But you're going to stand the whole social distancing thing. We The last time we were on Southwest, they made us social distance as we exited. Did you remember that? <laughs> yeah. So we're packed in the plane. Right. We are 18 inches from everybody in 360 degrees. And the flight attendant says, we have to social distance as we deboard the plane. So I'm going to be calling you by rows. Make sure that you stay six feet apart as you exit the plane. And I'm like, you know, you these bet. people just, <laughs> just are too dumb. Too dumb to be consuming my oxygen. I don't even understand you, what you, this is. You would have to wait for the person in the row with you to walk off the plane away to be six feet apart because you're not even six feet apart when you're sitting down yes oh, so, so like 18 you, inches so there's another little magic element so that covid covid while you're sitting right is somehow different than when you're standing so when you stand up and deplane social distance okay we're not social distance when we're sitting what what what's what's you the must change wear here? your mask unless you're eating okay so i take the mask off and i eat why why uh, is not that if you have a black voices for trump not hat on so here's the other it thing. doesn't work and it's a different rule for you so COVID, the other magic thing is water and peanuts, right? So COVID will not come at you. Pretzels. Pretzels. No will, peanuts anymore. No peanuts anymore. Right. No peanuts anymore. COVID will not come after you when the stewardess hands you a cup of ice water and the pretzels or the snack pack that they give you, right? Mm -hmm. But if the stewardess actually handed you a Coke instead of water, 
then the COVID would get on you because they're not allowed to take drink orders right, right. and water. give you a Coke or give you a Sprite or give you whatever. Yeah, now it's just water. Just water. So COVID doesn't go at the water they water hand drinkers. you. Water, water drinkers, drinkers are immune. Water drinkers. No, water is immune, right? Water. Water is yeah. immune. Unless you're wearing a Black Voices for Trump. So that's, that, so that's the whole thing. They have these random arbitrary rules, right? And they tell you what those rules are. And even those arbitrary rules are not applied consistently. No. So, again, everyone on every Southwest flight who chooses to at some point will take their mask down and eat something. The only guy that gets thrown off is the guy who does that thing that every other passenger will do at some point. But the difference is he's wearing a black voices for Trump hat and a Trump mask. It's the only difference in this situation. There That's were other it, black period. people on the plane. There were other black people on the plane who nobody bothered them. They never said anything to them. So you can't say it was about the fact that he was black. I guarantee. The only variable is the fact that he had a Trump hat on. And I get, I mean, you finished up the flight. You stayed on. We went, mm -hmm. the three of us, the three guys went and took the other uh, plane. Cause I, cause I told, mm -hmm. I told you I'll go with him, stay here because our bags would be going to somewhere else, right? Yeah. We had no idea that we were even going to get on the plane, another plane. We didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, you still had to go speak. So I said, no, you have to meet your obligation. We will go uh, and we'll, we'll figure out a way. We'll meet you there one way or another. We'll meet you at the destination, right? So you finished out the rest of the flight. Did they have a drink and snack service? Oh, yeah. I took a video of it. And so the same guy, the same flight attendant that was apoplectic at Philip was the one who was handing out the snack packs. He's the one I took a video of it. If you you watched yesterday's show, I I, the, I played the video. That's the guy. I, he's handing out snacks. I also took a short video of the lady that I could reach on my phone who's eating some old white lady eating. She's got no Trump gear on eating and drinking without her mask on. And nobody said anything to her. And the funny thing is, it's just like I said, once they hand the snack pack out, nearly every single human being on that plane is demasked at the same time. But don't, why do, it, don't do it. If it's a Trump mask, don't why you're are not people, allowed. If it's about pe making people safe, why are people like screaming in panic up and down the aisles as everybody is not wearing their mask all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This It's insanity. So How do you even measure the level of insanity that has overcome the American population? How do you even do that? And I just, I'm, I'm very upset. I'm very upset at this corporate ideology now that we no longer have to have customer satisfaction. And it's because, and what makes me upset is not that they're like this. What makes me upset is we have been teaching and teaching and teaching this for 10 years. The more government money that gets sent to the people, the more government money that gets sent to the businesses, you will see a moral decline of the society, an absolute moral decline of society. And now you're seeing it. Southwest doesn't give a flip about their customers anymore. They didn't even talk to the supervisor. How could they make the statement that they made, JC, and have talked to the guy that said, yes, I admit that there were people that contradicted this. Right. Right? I know. 
The only thing you can, the only conclusion you can come to is that they're in complete CYA lawyer mode. We can't admit any kind of fault whatsoever because we don't want to be sued. Cowards. I just, and it just makes me angry because the bottom line is just this. How do I blame Southwest for not caring about customer service when they're not dependent upon customers for their income anymore? How can I blame the American people for not caring about each other when we are not dependent upon each other anymore for how we live? We have one dependency in America, and that is federal money. One dependency, one master, one controller. Well, we've the king of DC. We've personally given Southwest a lot of money over the last 10 years. A lot of money. So what do you do? Time for that private plane. I I just, you know, I don't Adios, Southwest. I am so I'm just disgusted. I don't know. Are you guys disgusted? I am just so disgusted. Our, our chat room is not working. We can't see our chat room. Southwest so like, and Southwest oh. was one of the kind of the last, you know what I mean? The, the, the last standing kind of thing mm -hmm. because, and I didn't know about this. I get here in our chat uh, recently. Um, apparently they forced uh, uh, parents to put a mask on a two year old and there, there were pictures out of that. So simultaneously, while they're bullying a family to put a mask on a two-year-old, somebody took a picture and the pilots had no mask on. So pilots are sitting there, no mask, while you're torturing a two-year-old to put a mask on. So you're, you're so, right. So another instance of they they have these rules, but they're not going to apply them consistently. Uh, you know, they pick and choose what they want to do. The rules apply to you. They don't apply to them. The rules apply to uh, the people that that they see as political allies, but it but it doesn't apply to political enemies. Yeah. So, Victor, you're absolutely right. This is malicious discrimination. Look at all these people. We're just we're completely disgusted. Disgusted is an understatement. I'm disgusted. I'm with you, Co. Very disgusted. You know why? Because this is just simply a reflection on who a population of America has become, you know? I mean, I don't even... I don't know. This is this is not right. And I think the part of the thing that makes me really upset, JC, is the fact that, that now we're stuck between are they private or are they not? Because when the government pays your people, aren't you a government employee? Right. So if the federal government is writing a check to the tune of billions of dollars, the tune of billions of dollars, which is more than what the people may be even giving them. Right. Does that not make the government their employer? If the government is their employer, the government is giving them money, then they need to be held to the standards of government. That's that's just, that's great. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you, Dana. Dana says, wish, wish we had the money to buy you a plane. Uh, but that's, you know, I mean, that's very kind of you. We have, we actually have people working on it.
We have people working on giving us a plane and or at least creating a network of pilots. I mean, that was really cool. Creating a network of pilots that will be able to fly us where we need to go, uh, you know, when we need to go there. But I have at this point, I'm aggravated because I've I'm invested in Southwest. I've got like 200,000 miles and and we have. We have built this business with the Southwest, yeah. and I, I feel well. He, I feel cheated. Right. <laughs> I feel violated. And here's the thing: Chris talks about you know good reasons pilots not wearing a mask. For most airlines, their masks are only supposed to be off when the cockpit door is closed. And so, and that's right. It's not about. It's not about. And we're we're not saying whether you should wear a mask, not wear a mask, whatever the reasons. It's about that last part, the policy. Yes. So it's, this is not about mask or not mask. This is about indiscriminately. This is about well, without deviation, applying your policy. Right. So it's just fairly like, just and, like with the two year old, like yeah. what what he just said. If their doors open, you know, your mask is supposed to be on. So there they are, not following their own policy, sitting there with the mm-hmm. door open, no mask, and yet they're trying to get a, a mask on this two year old. So again, it's like apparently this is who Southwest is now. Uh, Unbelievable. Meanwhile, what's the media talking about? You know, nothing. Yeah. This, I mean, you know, it's not going to show up because you know, Dave Rubin made a good, a good point. Um, You know, this is, this is the, the picture of this. Here's white supervisor throwing off black guy off the plane. Normally the left would be all over, uh, all over this uh, because, oh, this is, this demonstrates racism, you know? So this, here's another example of racism in our society, blah, 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 blah. But because the guy was a Trump supporter, mm-hmm. no, they're not, they don't care about this story. The only way they bring it up is to mock, right. Mm-hmm. To mock it. Cause that's like the lefty idiots, the trolls, on social media, they can't, it, for them, it's all about Trump, conservative, not conservative, liberal, blah, blah, blah. Right. So again, th- this is the policy of this company. So isn't this the whole core of equality that they argue about? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be able to go into whatever company and the rules apply consistently to everyone? Right. So if it's, if it's not okay for a company to have different rules for black people than white people. Why is that okay in the political realm? Right. right. Why, why would it, just for instance, why would it be okay if, if a person had a Bernie Sanders hat on? So let's say everybody assumed, oh, Southwest is a conservative airline and they, and they throw a guy off because he has a Bernie hat on. Would mm-hmm. that be okay? No, that yeah. would not be okay. So it, it's not okay for either side. It's about consistency of the policy. And, and have it being applied to, you know, to everybody equally. It's not yeah, about your political views or whatever. I would have defended somebody who was being kicked off for, for a Harris Biden t-shirt. Yeah, of it course. would have been because it was about unfairly and indiscriminate and uh, indiscri- indiscrimination, clear discrimination in the policy. Exactly. So, so you have these lefty idiots arguing all fascism and all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Apparently that's what you're supporting mm-hmm. because the idea that, oh, all if you're conservative, whatever, any kind of conservative, you ought to be punished. But I mean, that's it's exactly what they allege they're arguing against. 
Right. Right. So right. in truth, it's what they believe. It's what they support. Well, we have been very busy and haven't had a whole lot of time to spend watching the confirmation hearings. Oh, thank you for the super chat. Thank you, Dragon's Talon. Love you guys. He says, love you, Chris Ann and JC. Used to uh, get yourself a Liberty dinner or something. Thank you so much. Totally, totally appreciate that. Um, you are awesome and supporting us like and that. That so is far great. up there that I can't find the comment to no, it's, it, pop it up. Yeah, we're going to try to pop it up on the screen. <laughs> we're learning this. It's, it's really kind of new, but it's really... Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, what day three of the hearings today, I, I think they may still actually be going on right now. It's been marathon hearings. Now, as I understood going into the Barrett hearings, mm -hmm. uh, each senator was supposed to have 30 minutes. So we can't be far from done. I don't know if this is supposed to be the final day or perhaps tomorrow's the final day, but this has to be wrapping up pretty mm -hmm. soon. If in fact, each, each senator had 30 minutes. Um, but I have to roll my eyes, JC, at the each senator 30 minutes. Do you know if we actually had a constitutionally sound confirmation hearing, we wouldn't be the senators wouldn't even have 30 minutes of material to use. It's just absolutely ludicrous. See, here's, here's I was impressed with how how she answered the questions. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I held out on Gorsuch until the very end. You know, I'm not going to jump on anybody's bandwagon. I'm a right. let me see your fruits kind of person. Uh, but she is incredibly intelligent, obviously articulate. She is quick on her feet. She's super smart. She's my girl's wicked smart, right? Yeah, she's a wicked crazy, smart, and, crazy and, and, wicked and, smart. And, you know, she's I mean, she's sitting there being questioned by people that are probably, you know, I mean, she's got 50 IQ points at least higher than everybody asking her a question. And she's, she's just been flawless. It's, JC, it's play been that, amazing. play yeah, that segment amazing. Uh, on, play that segment on the video uh, where she is talking about um, the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that one, that the, one. The Klobuchar segment yeah where she talks yeah that one that of the abortion roe v wade yes that okay. is that is brilliant i love the way she answers this all right question. so let's let me make sure the um the sound shared hope i get this right should it should share the sound so here is uh Clo amy klobuchar i think that's how you say her name there was uh, a thing that said and she is sound. yeah she is uh did you get it i hope i did Can you guys hear that coming through? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try this again so I make sure we have the sound because I'm not sure that we do. But so this is gonna be Klobuchar asking. I mean, the whole thing centers around Roe v. Wade. Because the whole idea, oh, she's gonna go, she's gonna go in there and overturn Roe v. Wade. So this is one of is. this is one of the uh, the narratives that has been ongoing, right? Uh, about she's a threat because she's gonna overturn Roe v. Wade. Now we've said before that we think that's that's 
probably not likely, but I guess no, time I, will tell. I think she makes it kind of clear that she's not going to, so or at he, least her inclination is not, but right. she stays. She has the most brilliant neutral answers Yeah. because I've seen these justices do these things and they have these, you know, I'm not going to confirm or deny kind right. of stupid answers, yeah. but she actually is very colorful in, in her answers, but this is really, really good. So here we go. Let's, uh, Hit play. As we know, that holds that the 14th Amendment prohibits states from segregating schools on the basis of race. So uh, is that precedent um, that can't be overruled? Well, that is precedent. Um, and as I think I said in that same article, it's super precedent. People consider it to be on that very small list of things that are so widely established and agreed upon by everyone calls for its overruling simply don't exist. Okay. Well, you also separately acknowledge that in uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the Supreme Court's controlling opinion talked about in the reliance interests on Roe v. Wade, which it treated in that case as super precedent. Is Roe a super precedent? How would you define super precedent? I, I, I actually that was brilliant. I totally love that. I'd be sitting in that chair. I'm not. I'm up here, so I'm asking okay, you. Okay. Well, people use super precedent differently. Okay. The way that it's used in the scholarship and the way that I was using it in the article that you're reading from was to define cases that are so well settled that no political actors and no people seriously push for their overruling. And I'm answering a lot of questions about Roe, which I think indicates that Roe doesn't fall in that category. And scholars across the spectrum say that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled, but descriptively, it does mean that it's a case, not a case that everyone has accepted and doesn't call for its overruling. I don't okay, think so here's what's here's what's interesting to me. You said that Brown is, and I know my time is running out, is a super precedent. That's something uh, the Supreme Court has not even said, but you have said that. So if you say that, why won't you say? that about Roe v. Wade, a case that the court's controlling opinion in that Planned Parenthood v. Casey case has described as a super precedent. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, well, Senator, I can just give you the same answer that I just did. I'm using a term in that article that is from the scholarly literature. It's actually one that was developed by scholars who are you know, certainly not conservative scholars who take a more progressive approach to the Constitution. And again, you know, as as Richard Fallon from Harvard said, Roe is not a super precedent because calls for its overruling have never ceased, but that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled. It just means that it doesn't fall on the small handful of cases like Marbury versus Madison and Brown versus the board that no one questions anymore. Is United States for Virginia military, is that super precedent? Senator Klobuchar, if you continue to ask questions about super precedents that aren't on the list of the super precedents that I discussed in the article that are well acknowledged in the constitutional law literature. Every time you ask the question, I will have to say that I can't grade it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is awesome. I, she is just. Smackdown. It, it is. It's really, really great. I, and, and like I said, this is not my reflection on whether she's going to be a great Supreme Court justice or not. But I'm going to tell you what. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I love the way she handles these people. I absolutely love the way she handles people. Yeah. And so, yeah, Klobuchar, <laughs> she's not really the brightest bulb. Wasn't hilarious. Thing, I thought so. I'd be in that chair. Like, I, what? Whatever really? made you think you would be in that chair? <laughs> oh my! Seriously. Goodness. But we've talked. We've talked about the notion of super precedent. Right? Yeah. We, we're, but we've already talked about. Can I that. just wait a minute? Let me give it the real big roll. My eyes yeah. there on the super precedent. But, Are you freaking kidding me? But to I the, just hate the whole precedent thing yeah. to begin with. But what was interesting, you know, you had she wrote a whole article on this thing, and here's here's the definition, and she's like, "Are you so the." Are you talking about a scholarly definition? Or are you just making something up on your own? So you you have the left and the other Amy here basically trying to stretch. She starts rattling off all these things that they think just be just because uh, the opinion came down and they supported on the left. Then basically everything that we support on the left ought to be super present. That's basically what like she the definition that she's trying to put forward that if we support it then it should never be overturned. That's what that's what she's saying. And it's so funny. The, I thought the brilliant answer there when she said, basically, the very fact that I'm sitting here answering questions about abortion uh, lets us know it's not unquestionably incontrovertible. You know, See, that's some maybe people need thing. to understand that. The super <laughs> precedent means that nobody questions it anymore. Nobody questions, well, Nobody questions. She said, "There's no, there's no. Nobody questions. Significant calling for overturning. Nobody's yeah. calling for this. To Nobody be overturned. questions Marbury versus Madison, which is a shame to begin with. Number one, not because Marbury versus Madison needs to be overturned, but because we don't apply Marbury versus Madison the way the Supreme Court actually intended it to be applied when they wrote it. We've manipulated Marbury versus Madison to mean something that it doesn't absolutely mean." Brown versus versus the Board of Education. Everybody believes that that this is settled. That we don't need to we don't need to talk about this. We don't need to change this. Uh, Dred Scott. They overturned Dred Scott, so nobody's trying to reassert Dred Scott as as super precedent. Not just simply because it's been overturned, but because it's settled. They overturn cases and they talk about them in later dates but nobody talks about Dred Scott anymore. And so these kinds of things are, are what we, what they classify as super precedent. I, I believe there should never be super precedent. Everything should be subject to uh, the terms of the constitution, unless of course the precedent is actually clearly constitution, but you have this word super precedent, which which is interesting, JC, because obviously, even among the scholars who use this term, there are multiple definitions for this term. So it doesn't actually mean what it says, because Amy Coney Barrett actually says, well, it depends on, on how you apply super precedent, right? You, The article that I was using, the scholars I were using, this is how they define super precedent. But even in when she was asked this question, because she was actually asked this question before, the first time she went through the Senate Judiciary Committee to go to the 11th Circuit, um, she, she answered it in the same way. This is a scholarly argument. So when I heard this first, JC, I thought, are they replaying the Senate Judiciary meeting from her 11th yeah, Circuit question? They keep asking the same stuff. Because yeah. I read the transcript 
from that's how I got how we did the show on on assessing them. I read the transcript and I heard you listening to it out of my ear and I thought, why is he replaying the 11th Circuit Senate? They're asking her the same questions. Again. Always will. Always the same do. questions. Yeah. And when, she's giving the same answers. Will, will you renounce white supremacy? Are you a racist? Have you have you sexually assaulted anyone, Judge Barrett? I mean, the, the lunacy, the lunacy of, mm -hmm. of this stuff, because it's it's not about it's not even about the answers to the questions. It's about just continuing to voice this narrative. Right. That uh, everybody not on the left is a racist and the left are champions of minorities and we're here to save you. Right. Um, right. Neither of those are true. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting. Nonetheless, the vote is tomorrow. Uh, we, there is a Republican majority in that. So the vote will be tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens in the vote. I wonder, uh, because the Senate has a filibuster thing. I wonder if they could. Not, not, on, not on this. Not on this? Nope. No. On this. Okay. Well, thank you for that information because I was curious. Yeah. I was, I'm fully expecting some kind of delay tactic. I don't right? think there's I, I just anything can't imagine what can it would do. be. No, I don't think there's anything <laughs> procedurally uh, that can delay this. Yeah. So th there's, there's, there's nothing, uh, as far as I understand, I just, I just finished teaching uh, practical legislative process. Uh, as far as I understand, there is no, there, there's nothing that they can do to stop this. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, unless somehow the Senate, the Republicans lose mm -hmm. both. See, here's the thing. So I don't, all of the ones that were kind of up in the air or whatever, I mean, I, I guess uh, Collins or, or uh, Murkowski or some of these guys are still going to vote against her because they don't want to lose their blue support in their blue state or something. Um, but yeah, I want to keep my job. So I'm going to go against he, my own principles. Right, but even, even that listening to, I, I just don't know anything that you can hang your hat on uh, even from, from the Democrat side, or certainly from the moderate Republican side that says you shouldn't vote for this nominee. Right. As far as how they evaluate these things. I don't mm -hmm. know what they would, they would point to because she's not come off as some radical. I mean, if you, if I, was, you read, I was actually speaking radical. I was actually amused by the parade of the red robed handmaidens. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, so if all, on. if that's your whole world, all you do is watch MSNBC and read the Washington post and you've imbibed this caricature of what her faith is. I mean, you're, you're dumb enough. If you're one of those people, and you're so stupid that you can literally be looking at a woman who is about to be placed in the highest court in the land and say, oh, well, this, you know, she believes that a woman should be under the heel of her husband and not actually do anything. <laughs> if you're so dumb that that what you see and what you're being told by Washington Post does not appear to you to be a contradiction, I mean, that's not the crowd we're talking about because there's really nothing that can help you except strong medication and a padded room. So that's kind of beyond, you know, beyond the whole discussion. But as far as these, these, you know, middling Republicans, I don't understand what they could possibly point to at this point and say, oh, wow, there's some radical stuff that's come out in this hearing. 
Uh, no, not really. She's come mm-hmm. off as very reasonable, uh, very objective, open-minded, um, focused on the law and the and and the process of legal evaluation of, of whatever cases are in front of her. You know, my funniest question. I don't know what so they far point is, to. My funniest question is: Have you ever sexually molested someone? <laughs> yeah. The crazy lady from Hawaii actually asked Amy oh, she, Coney yeah. Barrett, "Have you ever sexually molested someone?" She is the the <laughs> the gentle lady from Hawaii is the biggest. Oh, is that what crazy Looney tune in the in the Senate. She is out of her gourd. <laughs> Oh, here's a great question. Let me put this one up here. Why does it always do that to me? So Tara Jenner says, any guidance on judges on the Florida ballot? Yes, here's my, and this applies to everyone. Judges on the ballot. Okay. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, vote them out. Right. Don't vote. Don't, do not retain anyone. Do not vote if you for don't, If you don't know for sure, don't they shouldn't be sure. retained. Don't vote retain. No. Yeah. When in doubt, vote them out. If they're running against somebody uh, and you don't know, vote out the incumbent. Well, we might lose somebody good. Well, how will the system ever change? Do you know the most asked question I get on these elections uh, um, ballots are, what do we do about the judges? Do you know why? Because the entire election system is set up to shield judges from any scrutiny. We are supposed to elect these people. We are supposed to choose people. And to elect them, we have to know their character. We have to know what they believe. We have to know how they manage their cases. But the entire system of electing judges is set up to shield the judges from the very scrutiny about how this is all supposed to work, right? So how am I supposed to make an educated, which would be a morally based opinion on who should fill that very important role if I'm not even allowed access to that information? And so my plan is you start cutting all these incumbents out of their jobs, then they're going to want you to know how they're doing their job so they can keep their job. Great point. So that's, that's just simply, that's, that's a whole thing. We start cutting their cords and then they're going to want to find a way to stay. And the only way is to be, to tell us uh, who they are and what they believe. Yep. Great point. Great. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We are, we're really on the road every day this week and we will be on the road tomorrow teaching in Amarillo, Texas. Goodness gracious, come and see us in Amarillo. Yeah. And then we'll be in Virginia. And uh, Rudy Lee in Florida, we have a retain, not retain. So that's how it, that's how it's carried out in Florida. So yeah. that you vote to retain or not retain. Yeah. So that's what vote no, vote no, do not retain uh, if you don't know. And if they're running against someone, some judges systems, you know, you county and circuit, you have opponents, right? My, my, my then ex, uh, um, suggestion then is, is that you vote out the incumbent. And we don't, we if don't, you don't know, I mean, if you do know, cause there are judges we know. Yeah. But And uh, Bobby suggests Hugh, Craig Huey.com. We don't have a particular source uh, as, as far as the judgment recommendations, 
but you should find a source where that you can find uh, their background and their opinions. Not just not just this guy said vote no. Yeah, but why? So whatever source you come up on, it should be about what they've actually done. That's funny, Co. We've been singing. I've been singing Amarillo by morning. <laughs> oh, we Go George. George Strait. George Strait. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We really got to go. Um, meet us in Amarillo. Hey, if you come and see us tomorrow night in Amarillo, make sure you give us a hi. Let us know you're watching us on the podcast. We will be here Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will see you again tomorrow. God bless.